And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. This is what I want to ask of you um, over the next four weeks. One thing that I want to ask of you is to make the next four weeks a priority. And the second thing that I want to ask of you is to give me a blank page. And here's what I mean by giving me a blank page. When we bring up the name Holy Spirit, um, it's natural that that generates a lot of emotions within us. Um, Some people, those emotions will be positive ones. They've had some amazing experiences in the past with the person of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They've had amazing experiences and services. And so when you when you talk about the Holy Spirit, it's just inside of you, right? It just stirs it. It comes alive. But then there's some that um, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, it freaks their world out. Like they've seen some weird stuff. They've seen some spooky stuff. They too might have been in some services that have gotten a little, a little weird. And, um, and so the idea, the, 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 the idea of talking about the Holy Spirit, where for you it stirs excitement, for them right now, their hands are sweating <laughs> and they're trying, they're identifying the closest exit because they don't know what's about to happen. And here's, here's what I'm asking is that, If you will give me a blank page over the next four weeks, what I want to do is I want to unpack um, who the Holy Spirit is and why he is so important in our lives. And I'm not going to unpack the Holy Spirit based off experience. I'm going to unpack the Holy Spirit based off of what the Word of God says about him. And my promise to you, whatever your experience is, is that we're not going to get weird it's not going to be spooky. Like it's not going to like people aren't going to be bouncing off the walls and getting all crazy up in here. Okay. I have not been a follower of Christ all my life. So I, I have had some of those kind of experiences as it relates to the Holy Spirit, but I've had some amazing, genuine experiences as it relates to the Holy Spirit. And I believe this with all of my heart is that when we decide that we're going to live our life absent of the Holy Spirit's work and presence in our life, we miss out on life. Because there is a specific purpose that God had in his heart when he sent the Holy Spirit to us. And um, I've noticed this in my life, in my own journey of following the Lord, is that anything that God desires for me to have, Satan wants to steal it from me, right? Maybe you've experienced that in your life. And that's the reason why oftentimes we have so many bad experiences and things that that Satan uses to try to keep us from taking a step of faith or trusting in what God has for us. I've noticed this is that um, if there's anybody that has been misrepresented through the years, it's the person of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I say that is because there are a lot of people that have built their theology of the Holy Spirit around their experiences. Here's what I mean by that. Their beliefs about who the Holy Spirit is and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in their life is not based upon what the Word of God says. It's based upon what they've seen and experienced in a church service. And what happens is when we begin to do that is we begin to sensationalize, right, the work of the Holy Spirit. And as we begin to do that, it's that that creates this kind of hesitancy that people have to open their heart up to the person of the Holy Spirit. And so today what I want to do is I want to, and for the next four weeks, but I want to introduce you to who the Bible says the Holy Spirit is. And I want to unpack a little bit about his role in our life. If you're taking notes today, the title of today's message is a breath of fresh air, a breath of fresh air. Would you pray with me today with our prayer? Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a situation or an experience happen in your life um, and you really struggled to be able to articulate that experience? You could, like you struggled to find the right words to use to explain that experience. Like I, that's something that I've struggled with. I think partially it's because I'm naturally an introvert and I'm naturally a man of few words, not many words. And so um, the vocabulary sometimes comes a little um, difficult for me. Um, maybe you're in the room or watching online and, and you speak a couple different languages. Um, I think in that kind of context, we see it a lot that, that when you try to translate like one language into an English language, not all words have like a good English word to be able to, to articulate like what you're wanting to say. I see that all the time, like in our office with Ms. Gloria, um, which she's amazing. Um, by the way, we are so blessed to have uh, Gloria on our team. Um, but her natural language is Spanish. And so, um, so oftentimes what will happen is we'll be having this conversation and, and then she'll have to pause as she starts to, to explain something because she's like, okay, okay, what is the English word? Or, or comparison to, and then she spits out the Spanish word, you know, and she's trying to kind of figure out like, how can I accurately communicate um, this idea or this experience from Spanish into English? And um, I know it's hard to kind of believe this, but, but the people that actually translated uh, the Bible into English for us, they, they struggled sometimes with that too. Like they struggled sometimes with, with trying to uh, translate um, what is being ex- um, experienced and expressed in Hebrew into English and in the New Testament, in the Greek, into English, that they struggled with that too. And um, especially with the person of the Holy Spirit, because they, there just was not an English word that adequately described or captured the original writer's intent or what they were trying to say. And so what I want to do today is I want to kind of lay um, the foundation. I want to lay some groundwork by digging into this original description of the Holy Spirit. And I think, I think today you'll find this um, quite fascinating. Chances are you've probably never heard what you're going to hear today. And I think it's going to be a great foundation as we build into the series. First thing that I want you to see here is that in the Old Testament, um, the word that was used for spirit is the word ruach. Now, if you're going to say um, if you're going to say that Hebrew word ruach the right way, you've got to say it like there's a piece of popcorn stuck in the back of your throat. Ruach, right? Some I heard some of you like ugh, like, <laughs> but ruach, and and this word ruach means. Not just spirit, but a wind, a breath, a violent exhalation, or a blast of breath. Like when you look at this Hebrew word, ruach, we see that in Scripture as early as the second verse in the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It says here that the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God, the Ruach, that, that word spirit in the original language is Ruach. So kind of the spirit, the, the, the breath of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, I, I'm not going to go in um, to that today, um, but this is the story of creation and notice that it's the, the breath of God that had the creative power to create everything that you and I experience in our lives on a daily basis. That it was the breath of God that had that creative power. In the New Testament, this word spirit is the Greek word pneuma. And this word pneuma means a current of air, blast of breath, or strong breeze. 
Do you see something that I'm noticing in Scripture? That yes, both words mean spirit, but both words are connected to this kind of breath, this idea of breath and of wind. We see pneuma um, in many places in the New Testament, um, but in John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus says, and the very words that I have, have spoken to you, that they are pneuma and life. They are our breath and life. It's, it's, like, it's like Jesus is saying that the promises of God in your life, that they are like this strong breeze in seasons when your life gets stale. Could anybody use a strong breeze, spiritual breeze in your life? And church, this is why the Holy Spirit is so important. Because over time, what happens in our life is that often the Christian journey can become mundane. It can become powerless. It can, it can get to the point where we feel like we're just kind of going through the motions, almost like we become these kind of Christian robots where we are doing things because we know that they should be done, but there is just this, this lack of, of excitement and power and, and energy in our lives. And friend, that is not, that is not what God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that we can experience. I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, think about, and, and I'm telling you because I've, I've been in seasons like that. And the, living a powerless, mundane, robotic Christian life is not what Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could live and experience. No, he died on the cross so that you and I could live a life that's full of life and full of power and passion and zeal for living and, and adventure. And those are the kind of experiences that come to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so today what I want to do is I want, to, I want us to look at um, this, I, this, this idea, this definition, the working definition of Ruach and Numa and how it talks about the breath, how it talks about the wind. And I want to, I want to look at, um, characteristics of wind in nature. And I want to draw some parallels between that and, and characteristics of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Four characteristics that, um, um, that we see in the natural in wind that we also see in the, in the supernatural and the spiritual in the Holy Spirit. The first one is that wind is unseen, right? Like when we go out of, of, of church today, um, and we feel the wind, we're not going to see the wind. Now we may see some trees that are moving that signify that the wind is blowing, but we don't physically see the wind, and what I think is kind of interesting is I see the parallel between that and like when you come to church and, and, and you start raving about, man, I sure felt the Holy Spirit today. Did you feel the Holy Spirit today? And somebody looks at you like you've lost your mind, right? Like they're like, what are you talking about? And it's this idea that, that even with the Holy Spirit, that, that even though we can't see the Holy Spirit, that he can be felt. Now, we don't base our theology of Christianity off of what we feel because that would take us in some dark ways. The Bible even talks about how those feelings, they lead us in or away from the direction that God has for us. I mean, we, we look at our culture today, right? And people are building their belief structures, whether it's Christianity or something else, based upon how they feel, right? Like we're right now, we're in a day and age where feeling is driving a lot of things. And I'm not saying that, that, that we shouldn't feel the presence of God when we come together and we worship or when you are in your car on the way to work and, and praying and just worshiping the Lord, but we can't build our theology off of that. And my prayer is really for all of us, is not that you would be impressed on a Sunday morning by our worship, although I am impressed by that. 
Um, it's not that you would be, you know, impressed in the way things look, although we are impressed by that. And it's not that you would necessarily be impressed with um, all of those amazing sermons that you get on a weekly basis. Good Lord, come on. Um, <laughs> That's not necessarily my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that despite not being able to see the Holy Spirit, that the moment that you pull onto this church campus and you step outside of your car and you begin to walk your way up to the patio, you feel something different about this place. That you walk through the doors and when those greeters or ushers and they they hug you around the neck or give you a fist bump that it doesn't feel just like any fist bump that it feels like man these people really love me and want me here and you walk into this place and we begin that two minute you know countdown to get you all like makes you want to run around the church gets done and the worship team starts and they start singing that 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 yes they sound great one of our core values is excellence. Excellence is doing the best with what you have, right? It's not being the best. It's doing the best with what you have. And so we, that is a value of ours that we try to um, model our life and our church by. But beyond that, it's that as they start singing and we start getting into the worship set that you feel the presence of God in this place. And, and as we begin to, to share God's word, open his word full of promises and life, that it begins to leap inside of you and to come alive. And that God reaches down his hand and takes his finger and stirs the spiritual waters of your heart. And you, you give your life to him. You, you devote your life to him and you see your life become transformed because of not what you see, but what you feel. If there's anything that I hear about this place, when we do our first time, um, our guest uh, luncheon downstairs for Discover Evangel, and um, when we have those lunches and we go around the table and we, 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 we let everybody kind of take a moment to introduce themselves and share a little bit about how long you've been coming to Evangel and what, what, what did you love, what did you like, what did you notice about Evangel that made you just kind of um, want to plant your roots here. The thing that moves my heart the most is not, oh, pastor, I love your, your preaching or like, you know, all, the music is great. Like all those things, like we, they're targets. Like we want to make sure that we are doing the best that we can. But the thing that moves my heart is when they look at us and they say, oh, pastor, God is in this place that when I pulled up in the parking lot and when I sat down, like I could feel his presence in this place. Friend, that is the Holy Spirit. And we see in John chapter 14 and 15 and 16, we see Jesus having a conversation with the disciples. He's at the last Supper. This is the last meal that, that Jesus is going to be sharing with the disciples. And, and you would think, like, think about, like, if you had a last meal with, with your um, family, if you had a last meal with a friend, like, like there's going to be some important things, right, that you're sharing in that moment. And Jesus in this last meal, he doesn't use that to encourage them. He doesn't use it as much to instruct them. What he uses it for most of his time at that last supper was to talk about the Holy Spirit. And in chapter 14, verse 16, it says that this is Jesus, that I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Now watch this. What's that advocate's role? It's to help you and to be with you forever. To help you and to be with you forever. Not to freak you out, <laughs> but to help you and to be with you forever. In verse 17, it says, now watch this, that the world 
cannot accept him. The world cannot accept him. Why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. In other words, because people can't see who the Holy Spirit is and because they can't rationalize that out with their own minds, they end up not receiving what God has for them. And what happens is, is that, that we see people live their lives absent of the Holy Spirit's work in their life, absent of the help that they need to get through the difficult seasons in their life. Now it goes on to say, but, but you know. <laughs> There's some of you in this room, some of you watch it online, all you know. You know who the Holy Spirit is. Like you know because you've had the experiences. You've seen the miraculous things that the Holy Spirit has done in your midst. You know because the Holy Spirit, what? That it, he lives inside of you and is with you. And friends, some, some of you, you can't see him either, but you know he's here. Can't see him walking around, but you know he is here. And that's why most of you come every week. You don't come because of the preaching as much. You don't come because of the worship as much. You come because you know God is here and you want to connect with him. The second thing that we see parallel between wind in the natural and wind in the spiritual with the Holy Spirit is that it is unpredictable. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is unpredictable. I mean, you and I can get a sense when we walk outside today, we can get a sense of which direction the wind is blowing, but um, I'm a golfer and um, wind is important to know how you're going to hit a shot. And I can't tell you how many times I feel the wind going this way and I pick up a a handful of grass and that's kind of the trick to throw it in the air and it shows you which way the wind's going. And I feel it going this way and I throw that grass up in the air and it blows straight in my face. (laughs) Because wind is unpredictable. Like it changes, it moves around. And here's the thing, most of us don't like that part about God. We don't like that unpredictable nature of God that we wanna, we wanna take the Holy Spirit and we wanna, we wanna, we wanna fit the Holy Spirit kind of in our pocket so we can go through the week and nobody really notices that he's there and then when we need him, then pull him out. And friend, if you live your life that way, if you live your life just only following God because or when he's predictable, then your life gets rocked. Like, like you're going to struggle with your faith. God is going to mess with you big time because God rarely moves the same way twice. The reason why he rarely does that is because our human tendency It's to worship the experience rather than worshiping God. That's our tendency. That's what we see with building our theology of the Holy Spirit based off experience and sensationalism. We see that. Jesus said in John chapter 3 verse 8 that the wind blows wherever it pleases. This word wind is pneuma. The original um, word in the Greek is pneuma. That the pneuma blows wherever it pleases. Look at this. You hear it sounds, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. And it says, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You remember when God spoke to Moses, right, through the burning bush? You remember that in Exodus? Um, How many times did God speak to people through a burning bush? One time. I mean, sounds like a cool trick. Like, why wouldn't God just speak to a... I mean, I don't know about you, but if I have a bush talking to me when I leave church today, I'm doing whatever the bush tells me to do. Um, (laughs) I mean, it could work. But God only did it one time. 
I mean, I think about in Mark 8, when um, people brought the blind man to Jesus, and the people had seen Jesus heal by laying hands on people. And so in their mind, Jesus, you got to touch this guy, right? You got to touch him. Like, touch him, touch him. <laughs> and Jesus knew what was happening. Like, he knew that they were beginning to look at the touch as the source of power, right? We do that in church all the time, right? It may not be related to the touch, but you have to have a certain experience in order to receive something, right? Like you see that a lot within the context of the church because our human tendency is to dial into the experience and make a theology out of it. And what Jesus is kind of catching on is that, all right, they're, they're making too big of a deal around the touch. And so what does he do? What does he do? He finds dirt, right? And he spits into the dirt. <laughs> and then he, he makes mud out of it and he picks the mud up and he rubs it in the dude's eyes. <laughs> Anybody want to be on the receiving end of that? <laughs> he rubs it in his eyes. He changes the method changes the method because he didn't want people so focused on the experience of the method that they missed where the power really came from. And church, if you and I are going to find ourselves in the middle of what God wants to do in this community, in the state, around the world, in the last days, which I believe we are in the last days, like if we want to find ourselves in the middle of what God wants to do, then you and I better not offend the Holy Spirit by worshiping our past experiences and methods, but we've got to embrace the unpredictableness of God. Because church, if we don't, we will sit in these chairs for the next several years and we'll complain about God's not doing anything here and we'll totally miss it. Because we will be trying to, uh, to, to, um, to look at what God's doing now in comparison to what he did before. And God ain't gonna work that way. He didn't do it, Jesus didn't do it in scripture. And so we've got to be able to take a step back and we've got to open our eyes and recognize that the Holy Spirit is unpredictable and he's going to work however he wants to. And if we're going to align ourselves to that, then we've got to be willing to watch him move in ways that might be different than what we've experienced before. Number three, wind is, is powerful. It's powerful. Like it can generate electricity, it can sell ships across the ocean, it can even destroy cities in a moment of minutes. Listen, many are going through things in their life that human power and wisdom cannot fix. And because you've got some past experiences that are negative as it relates to the Holy Spirit, you have been resisting his power, and it's the very power that you need to get out of the rut that you're in. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We're going to unpack that in the upcoming weeks, but this word power in the original language is dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. Like there is, um, there is a power that the Holy Spirit gives us when we allow him to operate in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I say, bring it, Lord. I say, bring it. And I'm not going to put you in a box of what I think it should look like or my past experiences. I'm just going to make sure, Lord, that my heart is in alignment with your heart, that my heart isn't about what I want. My heart is about what you want and what the mission of God is for this place. I say, bring it, bring it, because just like you, I'm facing some things in my life that I've tried to get fixed with my own effort, with my own wisdom, and I can't do it. And so I need the power 
the Holy Spirit in my life, just like you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to make 2022 look different than 2021. A resolution isn't going to fix it, but the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, boy, it sure can. I heard this story about a guy named Charles Finney. Charles Finney was back in the 19th century and he's considered to be the father of modern revivalism in America. He was an attorney. He was a minister. Um, Think of that dynamic duo, an attorney and a minister. Um, And in his early years of following Christ, he said that he was comfortable in knowing God on just an intellectual level. This is the guy that's known as the father of revivalism in America, that there was a a season in his life that he was comfortable with his knowledge of God being a knowledge that is up here. But then he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And look what he says. He said, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me body and soul, that I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. That's an interesting way to put it. Waves and waves of liquid love. For I could not express in any other way that it seemed like... (laughs) The very breath, the ruach, the pneuma of God. Church, I believe deep in my heart that this, the person of the Holy Spirit in your life, is mission critical for some of you. Mission critical for 2022. Mission critical in your marriage. Like if you want your marriage to be different this year than last year, it's mission critical. Different in your job, with your kids, with your health, with your emotions, with your relationship with God. I believe some of you need to get some fresh wind in your spiritual sails to lift and propel you towards God's best in your life, and church, it's not going to come absent of the Holy Spirit. Number four, wind. Oh, it's refreshing. <laughs> and we should know that pretty well being in, in hot, humid Florida, right? There's nothing like during the summertime when it's just the, the wind, the, the air is stale, it's hot, it's humid. And then you get that kind of like 10 to 15 mile an hour cool breeze that comes blowing through. And and what do you say? Oh, that feels good. (laughs) Right? It feels good. Church, that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's to bring refreshing to our souls. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 9 through 10, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Like if you got a Bible and you got a pen in front of you, you need to circle that word prepared because that word is the word that jumps out to me. How refreshing is it to know that God, before you and I were even formed in our mother's womb, that God had prepared, he had prepared, he had a plan, he had a purpose for our lives. And through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, no matter how many times we fall short, no how many times we promise and we don't keep those promises, no matter how many mistakes that we make, that God's plan for you, that it's prepared. Like he's made his mind up. Like it reminds me of, of the, the vows that Andrea and I gave when we got married. That it's, it's what? And, and we had our anniversary 23 years on the first yesterday. Yes. <clears throat> I 
I'm laughing because she definitely, um, I definitely married up, definitely married up. But when we, when we did our vows, the vows were what, for better or for worse. Now her dad did throw in a part of the vow like to obey and she laughed. She laughed at that part in the ceremony, but, but for better or worse, right? Richer, poorer, right? To death do us part. Like it was a, a vow that was made that despite the experiences and the things that would come along our journey as being married, the difficulties, like we're making a covenant here and we're not breaking that covenant. And, and the idea that God has made a covenant with you, that he has prepared like his plan and his purpose, that, that when we come into covenant with him by surrendering our lives to him, like he's like, I got you. Like no matter what happens in your life and how many times you fall short, he's like, I got you. And it says in verse 10 that, that how this, this, how he gets what he has prepared to us, to us in verse 10 that it says, but it was to us that God revealed these things, what? By the Holy Spirit. How are they being revealed to us? What he has prepared for us? It is through the Holy Spirit. It's hard to really know that, that God has a plan for your life and to feel like you're living a life of purpose when the Holy Spirit is absent in your life because it's the Holy Spirit that is constantly reminding you, hey, that's not the path for your life. This is the path for your life, right? That's not what I have for you. This is what I have for you. It's the Holy Spirit that is constantly prompting that. And I think what's interesting in this verse is that it uses the word reveal, like, like God doesn't just show us. Have you ever noticed that? Like some of you wiser saints in the room that have been around the block a few times, you, I bet you could be the first to, to, to speak to this, that God doesn't ever just like show you his plan or purpose. It's something that's revealed layer by layer by layer by layer by layer. Because if he shows you, it's going to freak your world out. And so without the Holy Spirit, we don't get those layers of revelation in our life. Like I look at my life and my journey, it's been a season of layers and layers and layers because it would have freaked my world out as an introvert that didn't want to do any kind of public presentation whatsoever to know that I would be doing what I'm doing now. And so he reveals it by layers. And that's why I'm asking you to give me four weeks. Give me four weeks so I can help you get some wind back in your sails. I love what the early church leaders said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. He said, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. Wow, what a strong what a strong thing to say. Like, don't break his heart. That his Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you, like alive in you, that it is the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for himself. In other words, making you more and more like Christ. And this is what those early church um, writers said. Don't take such a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift to you and I. Don't take such a gift for granted. And how do we take it for granted? There's three things that we do real quick. If we're not going to take the Holy Spirit for granted, we got to be able to let go of our fears and our misperceptions. You've got to resolve in your heart that everything that God has for you is amazing and in your best interest. And as you resolve that in your heart, you've got to recognize that if God has something for you that's amazing in your best interest, then what is the devil going to try to do? He's going to try to put every hurdle possible in front of you to keep you from experiencing it. And so if we don't want to take this precious Holy Spirit, this gift for granted, we got to let go of our fears and misperceptions. 
We also, we got to go all in. You got to go all in. Friend, you'll never experience what God has prepared for you if you only live for him halfway. Never. You got to go all in. And then lastly, you got to develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit. You know, every person of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, each one of those has a distinct role in our life. And we see all three of those roles packaged into one verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It says, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. May all three of those people and roles be with all of you. Church, the three roles are the first ones that God, he's there, he loves me. No matter what I walk through in life, no matter what I do in life, that his love never changes. Never changes. No matter where I go, it never changes. And for some of you in this room, you struggle. You struggle with the idea that God the Father loves you no matter what and you struggle with it because that wasn't your experience with your earthly father and I think it's important that you recognize that that if the devil knows that the greatest gift that we can get is that the father loves us no matter what that he's going to do everything he can within the years of our life to create a lack of trust in that, to create pain connected to that. And you've got to recognize that no matter what your relationship was like with your earthly father, that your heavenly father loves you no matter what. And I've heard it said this way, and I love it, that if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. It makes me chuckle when I hear it, but when you really think about it, he loves you. Jesus, his role is to save me. Where God's role is to love me, Jesus' role is to save me. And friend, Do you know how you tell the value of something? You can tell the value by what somebody else is willing to pay for it. And oh, friend, God values you so much that he was willing to send his one and only son to die on a cross so that you could receive the grace and the forgiveness of for every sin you've committed and every sin you will commit in your life. I got three kids. And Andrea and I love you guys so much and we pray for you. And there's a good chance in your life that that we're probably in the top five or ten people that genuinely care for your life and the future of your life that we're willing to pray for you, to fast for you, to intercede for you, to, to lose sleep for you, to come alongside of you. But I would never give one of my kids. I love you, but I would never give one of my kids for you. And God gave his one and only son. And then the third role that we see is the role of the Holy Spirit, that his role to be with us and to help us. And friend, my biggest concern as your pastor is that you that you know God's love for you and you receive 
the grace of the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, but you live the rest of your life absent of the very power, the very thing that Jesus talked to his disciples about at the Last Supper, the very thing whose purpose is to be with us and help us to live this life out. You know, there's a nautical term. The term is doldrums. And the doldrums is a, is a real place. And it's, it's a place that where the norm, northern hemisphere, the trade winds blow one direction and the southern hemisphere, trade winds blow another direction. And what ends up happening is they end up canceling each other out. And what the result is in that place is that there is no wind there. And friend, back before motorized ships, boats would accidentally sail into the doldrums. And what would happen when they got there is they wouldn't be able to get out. And they'd die there. I just wonder, I wonder how many of us have wandered in this service today or maybe we're watching online and we find ourselves in the doldrums spiritually and we need the Ruach of God. We need the breath of God in our lives, a blast of fresh air into our life and into our marriage and into our job and our health. For years, you've been rowing harder and rowing harder and rowing harder and wearing yourself out and wondering why nothing ever changes in your life. And what would happen this month if you decided to stop rowing on your own and to open your heart completely to the person of the Holy Spirit? church, I believe that your 2022 would be the best year of your life because of it. Would you bow your head with me and close your eyes? Maybe there's some of you today that you've not felt the love of God in your life. You're here today because you've made a lot of mistakes in 2021. And you resolve today that we want to we find something different. We want to do something different this year. And you're here today and listen, friend, church attendance isn't going to change your life. But God the Father, He sure will. Or maybe this past year you've drifted You kind of find yourself in the doldrums spiritually where maybe you followed God and you've you've maybe even had seasons in your life where you were just, man, you were just full out for God, but but now you find yourself just going through the motions, just living life and feeling like there's no wind in your sails. With every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you today, I want to lead you in a prayer to get that part of your life resolved. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but right there where you're seated, just slip up your hand and say, Ryan, now's the time. Now's the time for me to receive the love of God. Now's the time for me to draw back to the Father and to put him first in my life again. Church family, would you pray this with me? And those of you that raised your hands, maybe it's you at home watching on live stream or maybe you're in the car driving home. Say this with me. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Forgive me for living life my way. 
today I choose to surrender to you. Come live inside of me. May the breath of God blow the spiritual sails of my life and change me into the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray over this amazing church. The Lord, as we begin to set forth into a new year, the Lord, maybe we've been following you for a long time, but maybe we do feel like life has gotten a little bit mundane going through the motions. Lord, I pray that this month, the Father, the breath of God would blow through this place and through our hearts. That, Lord, the embers of our heart that seem to be going out, Lord, that your breath, Father, would bring them into flame again. That, Lord, we may be the people that you've designed us to be. In Jesus' name. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.